Faithful listeners, I would like to tell you a story, if I may. Does it feel like storytelling type of weather today? Summer has officially made herself known, but spring has not quite relinquished her hold. Where I live, temperate California that it may be, the temperature has taken a dip into the high 50s almost every night last week, and it calls for the excuse to snuggle with my dogs by being nonchalant about sneaking my way into their puppy pile. And I'm now again considering the beckoning of a hot spice drink with cloves and brandy. And above all, the chilly winds buffeting my little house on stilts definitely begs for the allure of building a cozy tent with my comforter and curling up with a good book, or better yet, reading aloud to the ceiling, to my pups, to the silence that is blissful for a moment after midnight has passed. This morning, I would like to read you a very short piece I resurrected for a creative writing class I'm attending. Isn't it funny when you start off with an idea and a direction and the story itself has other plans? This is what happened in this case. I am always happy to cede control of my mind's offering to the muses and their worthy shadows. I think by now, they all know what they're doing. Proceed with caution. So you're the little miss. That was the first ever utterance from his lips as he stood in our dusty driveway just beneath our scrawny apple tree. We both took our time sizing one another up. I think every inch of my 10-year-old self was in love with him, even then. He never had much to say, and he would mostly keep to himself. But to my precocious young self, he was ever indulgent, always patient in the face of my never-ending questions. He used to carry a tiny, worn scrap of parchment in a pouch he kept near his heart. One night after sup, I snuck out through my bedroom window and shimmied down the iron bougainvillea trellis, snagging my linen night shift in the process. I made my way to the barn across the crisp summertime lawn, made silver in the moonlight like an old black and white movie. He had not yet settled in for the night. Instead, staring up at the moon as he absentmindedly twined a new length of rope. Lulu, my old mare, snickered softly in her stall at my approach rousing him from whatever demons claimed his thoughts that evening. 
Ain't you supposed to be tucked away safe in bed, little miss? He spared me just a glance before resuming his quiet work. I was a bold little scrap back in those days. What is it that's so special, Charlie Davis, that you always have it hidden in your breast pocket? The corner of his lip lifted just a bit. You've been spying up on me, little one? No. Just a question is all. I seen you. After all the other boys take off to town, you never join them. Just always hold yourself up in here, all pensive-like, brooding over that old raggedy paper. I had become all of a sudden abashed and indignant at being found out in my rapt observation. Still, curiosity got the better of my childish fancies. I picked at a loose thread on my nightgown, eyeing him shyly until my questions about burst forth from me. What is on the paper? Is it a love letter from your sweetheart? Can I see it? No. His face was a shadow as he hurried me out of the side passage of the barn, pushing me firmly by my shoulders and closing the door behind me. Through the wood, I heard the tortured tone in his muffled voice. Go away, Gracie Ann. The next morning, Pa said he had left without even a goodbye, leaving all his belongings behind, save for the clothes on his back. And that dumb parchment he loved so much, I muttered to myself, kicking the duffel full of his discarded things, my innocent heart broken. Grace attempted to shake last night's drinking out of her still hazy mind as she navigated the traffic that Monday morning. She was at the last long bend of slightly cliff-hugging highway before she arrived at the town proper. She heaved another heavy sigh as the mostly tourist traffic inched gingerly past the requisite proceed with caution sign. For Christ's sakes, people, it's a road, a fairly wide one at that, not a friggin' trapeze act. Grace took a couple more quick breaths to calm herself. She was already running late with this errand as it was, and Mike, her boss, would be expecting her in the office in two hours. Don't take me out for drinks late on a Sunday, then, she fretted listlessly in her muddled brain. Don't invite yourself over for sex at my place, and then leave only a curt note behind in the morning. She thrummed a frenetic beat on the steering wheel as the traffic inched along until she finally made it to her destination. Mike's vague instructions only indicated that she were to pick up a file from a friend of his at the local library who curated oddities and tidbits 
from throughout rural U.S. history. Never mind telling Grace that the local library was about two hours drive away from the city proper. What a dick. For all she knew, this could be a ploy to avoid her. All she knew for certain was that they were planning on running a piece in the magazine on obscure urban legends and their supposed origins. File in hand, she hurriedly got in her car, zooming past novelty shops and signs. Soon, she was back on the highway, elated that she may actually make it on time. Damn, traffic. Still? At this hour? Up the queue a little further, she finally saw the reason for the delay. Another proceed with caution sign. What was up with those in this area? She honked her horn a few times at the nervous drivers ahead of her, gritting her teeth at her predicament. Looks like they would be at a near standstill for a while. (sighs) Might as well look at what was so important to drive out of the city limits for. Still flustered from last night's extracurricular activities, Grace cranked open the window a bit as she peeked at the file. The brisk ocean air entered the car and fanned the files before she could hurriedly shut the windows again. There, on the freshly exposed page, was a sketch of Charlie Davies. A honk behind her lifts her from her initial shock. At each frequent stop of traffic, she pieces together fragments. Widower, suspicion of foul play, the lovesick murderer. A trail of victims with a telltale similarity. Two unrequited loves of his life. Grace arrives at his confession as the line of cars began to slow down again. I loved Maybelle with all my heart, even after she had gone left me. I always told her she should never try to leave me. We were meant to be. I loved my wife. I really did. But I wasn't so heartbroken for very long after I met little Gracie Ann. I think I may have loved Gracie even more than I had loved my wife at that point. She was too young to understand the depth of my feelings, so I had to be patient and wait for her. I saw her in every pretty face, but none of them ever measured up. Another impatient honk from behind and Grace steps hard on the gas without thinking. She swears the bright yellow caution sign was mocking as she slid past it, down, down, towards the teasing blue expanse of the Pacific.
If you enjoyed the story, please do leave me a comment here on Anchor. If you'd like to read more stories written by me, you could also find me, Trisha De Jesus Gutierrez, on medium.com and vocal.media. I hope you're able to join me Thursday, July 2nd at 10 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on my Instagram Live Open Mic. Vulnerability is the face you wear. IG handle at Finn underscore Bell. P-H-Y-N-N-E underscore B-E-L-L-E. Thank you a thousand times over for all your support and love. Thank you.